the pictures that you posted on Instagram, you know, I was just spellbound. Just amazing. The night pictures. I think there was a full moon picture also, you know. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, Anand. I think that was one in a billion day. I don't think I will ever experience something like that. Amazing. Just to tell you quickly, I was at Gokyori. I didn't plan anything. I'm like, okay, if my health stays okay, and if weather stays fine, let's just go for sunset. I love going for sunset. So I'm like, okay, let's plan. So I reached in good time at Gokyori after crossing Chola Pass. Okay. So two o'clock, I reached Gokyo. Three o'clock, I pushed to Gokyori, which is again at seventeen thousand five six hundred feet. I climbed all the way up and saw this amazing sunset from there. Offspin Media Friends proudly presents. A day in your life by Anand Krishnan, an Offspin original. Hi, my name is Anand, and welcome to this podcast where this is all about you, a day in your life. In this second episode, we have with us Dushyant Sharma, a senior trek leader in the Himalayas. Good afternoon, Dushyant. Firstly, okay. Good afternoon. Hi, Anand. Could you tell me more about yourself, where you were born and brought up? and uh, little things about you yes so i come from delhi i was born and brought up in delhi and uh, till my schooling even my college also i did it from delhi itself and right after my college i uh, when i finished my bachelor's in business administration for almost uh, you know like good 3 years i was working with sapient technologies it was good exposure so um, till that age 24 i was still in delhi i was working there but after my experience with sapient technologies i think that's when i felt that there is a need to change and I, only after that i moved completely to outdoors when i did my basic and advanced mountaineering courses and then from there i shifted to a very different life altogether and i think there was no turning back after that everything was outdoors and as and when it all progressed then mountaineering courses happened backpacking trekking happened i did paragliding course as well i did my wilderness first responder course as well so everything uh, which i was doing was all related to the outdoors and things people do in outdoors so i think that's how life progressed for me so starting from delhi to doing my schooling my college my work in delhi and then i completely moved to outdoors so 8 years um in outdoors now and i think i've stayed almost 6 years in outdoors and 2 years i was in bangalore so that's about me briefly wow every sentence that you spoke you know my smile widened you know <laughs> at the end of it I, i had a really nice wide smile at the end of the 8 year sentence great <laughs> so what is your day like usually you know i know that you're an early person from your post yeah i i know that you like to go for a run perhaps early in the day yeah could you tell us more about your day what time do you usually start and how do you end your day like it is mostly the same when i'm on trek and especially when if i'm leading a group then it's slightly different uh when i'm not leading a group and i'm at the base camp it's slightly different so these are two major parts of my you know schedule when i'm on slope with trekkers it's it's just so packed i think whenever i'm on a trek be it a four day trek or a six day trek i personally do not even realize where the day goes even four day goes it's just so packed and it's so amazing to be on the slope i think right from the moment it starts till i hit the bed in the night i don't know where it goes and when i hit the bed i'm like wow <laughs> now it's time to rest well so before even trekkers wake up or anybody wakes up i make sure that i wake up at 5:00 by 5:30 i freshen up and then i just push for my 
run. If I'm at the campsite, I'll just run out around the campsite or just go deep in the forest. If I'm at the base camp, then I will just quickly go run, finish my five kilometer run. And then right after that, the day starts. Trekker starts waking up. They have chai and then we start talking and discussing. And then we start getting ready for the day. Uh, you know, what is going to happen on the day's trek. Then when we hit the trail, then the day is all yours. You are on the trek. And then you are enjoying whatever the nature has to offer you, whatever the weather has to offer you, even the people around you. So I think the entire day goes in those activities, trying to, you know, introduce the outdoors to people, to teach them the, you know, different ways of trekking, how to go about it, how to keep yourself safe, how to do it more sustainably, um, how to do it yourself as well, and even to help them connect with nature. Because this is what we have learned, how to do trekking more responsibly, more safely, and in whatever capacity I can give it back to them. This is how the trek goes. And usually the day is all packed. Uh, we go, we trek, we reach the next campsite, we do our chores that we have to do. Afternoon, when trekkers take rest, I still sit outside. I still, um, you know, I'm still open to anybody who wants to talk, who wants to go for a walk. I would still like to show something to them, tell something to them. Ask their stories also, no more of them. And then evening may they all get together. Again, we, you know, we spend some time playing together, getting to know each other, break the ice, and then learn about trekking and some amazing conversations. And sometimes we play game as well. And then in the evening, when it gets dark and all, you all sit in the dining tent and we all talk. And then by the time it's eight, nine o'clock, after checking everybody, we just hit the bed. And then by 9:30, I would like to just be in my sleeping bag spend some time either reading a little bit or listening to my favorite song and then just push to sleep by 10 o'clock and you get ample amount of time when you're on the trek imagine like if you sleep at 10 and till five in the morning you have good seven hours of sound sleep so i think that's something um, which i really enjoy so that that is when i'm on the trek when i'm at the base camp again i try to wake up um, very early you know um, slightly play my music because that just fills me with a lot of energy uh, then I push out and I go for my run. That's how I like to start my day. You know, when you push yourself out of your comfort zone, you hit the road and you know, like you have to do it. I think that's just a good start. I always like to start my day with a good run. And then after that, at base camp, you have office work. It starts at nine o'clock, breakfast, you know, we start with our work. So it's not like when we are not trekking, we don't have work. Our day is always packed. We are always working. Of course, we take a day off as well, but 9 till 5.36 in the evening, we are working. And sometimes the weather goes here or there. You don't know when you have to go up also, when there is some emergency. You have to be always on the toes. So it's very packed when, you're, when we are on trek and on slope also. So that's how my day is mostly, Anant. Wow, super interesting, super interesting. So how is it like to take like a team of, say, 20-odd people you know, into a remote high altitude mountain how do you usually prepare for it and you know what are the challenges that you might face a lot even though i have moved slightly away from trek leading now but i think that is one role which i still cherish the most i still enjoy leading a group and it is challenging be it leading beginners on an easy trek or even taking some experienced trekkers on a moderate difficult trek also because there are so many variables the people themselves, you know, you don't know who all are coming for the trek. When you have 20 team members, they're all coming from different places, different age groups, different lifestyles, different languages, different mindsets, different expectations. 
so so many variables with people itself and when they come for a trick you have to bring them together as a team you have to break the ties as well you have to make sure that their expectations are met as well so that is just about the tricker then there are external things which are of course we can know of those variables but we don't have control like we can't control weather like we can't control if ams can happen to anyone and it can happen any time correct yeah we can just prepare keeping in mind that acha weather forecast shows this right so we can just be ready for it ki acha wo hone wala hai so let just you know prepare for it so a lot of preparation goes behind the scenes before the trekkers even reach the base camp and just to give you example let's say i'm leading a group to kashmir great lakes mm-hmm. i get a list from my team members that 20 trekkers are coming and it has all the details it will have details like what is their age group was their bmi um you know their their height what treks they have done we also ask for the fitness proof and which city they are coming from so all these small small information just gives me an idea where people are coming from what is their fitness level what is their experience right so that just helps me build uh, an idea that okay this is what kind of a a kind of a group which is coming to me so we'll just be mentally ready and it helps me to you know spark a conversation with them when i know 10 people are coming from kolkata i will spark a conversation with them about kolkata whatever i know so it just helps me break the ties with them right if i am saying kgl i'm going then i will check weather forecast for next 7 days and i will go in detail not just day wise kya hai i will go in hours also mm-hmm. and it is possible before going on a trek i can check for 3 next 3 days what the weather is going to be like and i will check every hour wise and i will prepare myself okay this day weather is showing not very great you know now what will be the plan of action i have to keep it transparent with team members as well that these will be the challenges then based on their fitness level also i'll have to also keep checking by who's prone to ams who's prone to what what corrective measures do i have to take interesting so this is preparation when we go on the trek then i'm prepared so i'm feeling confident yes i can handle this group but there are there will always be a surprise on the trek so if that happens you just have to stay calm hmm. and i think that comes with only when you're prepared so if i am prepared i am all set for any kind of emergencies be it any injury be it any weather thing be it any ams case or be it any situation related to the team members also right i know that i can handle these things but if i'm not prepared then i might panic as well right so i think this is what i've learned uh, practicing it again and again and this is what we focus here at india hikes also we practice practice do a lot of case studies and you keep doing it over and over again so that when it happens on the trek you're all set for it yeah So I think a lot of preparation goes behind it, and this is what we all do here. Amazing! I remember when I did the Kashmir Great Lakes trek, and uh, when we were three days down into the trek, I remember there was a guy who was hit by AMS, and his uh, oxygen levels, uh, you know, kept uh, going lower, mm-hmm. and he had to be taken down. Okay. And so one early morning, uh, one of the local guides who were with us, uh-huh. he took this guy. uh to the base camp yeah he did the whole journey uh, of the 3 days that we walked uh, that very morning and he got back to the fourth campsite by that evening yeah so he's done 4 days of walking in less than a single day insane strength uh, these guys are so acclimatized there and it's just amazing what the human body can do correct and kgl is such a long trek also wow so how many treks uh, have you done till now and which is the most amazing trek uh, that you might have done till date Oh, <laughs> I 
I think I would have done somewhere close to one sixty, one seventy tricks. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, I, I stopped keeping an account of like how many tricks. But I think till the time I was, you know, like keeping a check, I think I reached one fifty. It was long back, so I think somewhere around that many tricks. An amazing trick, if you ask me. Ah, uh, I think that's very hard to choose because. i can really think of all the amazing times that i spent on almost all the tricks to be honest like one of my favorite tricks is harki doon i've always loved that trick when i went on varwan my mind was completely blown i'm like what on earth i'm seeing right now sandakfu when i went in winter season i'm like wow this is such a beautiful trick to be done in winter season when you see sunset sunrise sleeping buddha and what not i've always loved coming on kuari pass again in winter season this is one of those tricks which i absolutely love in winter season Recently, when I went on ABCM, my again my mind was blown. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so I think every time I go on a new trick, my mind is always blown because nature is so beautiful. It has such amazing, amazing um, things to offer you that that I think it's very hard to choose one. And please don't make me do this crime, yar. <laughs> no, no, I totally get it, and I think that is the most uh, passionate answer I could uh, you know ever ask for. truly you know because every uh, region has a different topography yeah. and every uh, trek has a different season you know the same brahmatal trek if you do it in spring it will be different totally same trek if you do it in uh, snow you know in the peak uh, this time of the year will be totally different you know yeah you, you get my point how was your recent experience of the three passes trek that you did in the mount everest region oh it was brilliant brilliant i think that one trek i was planning for a very long time and i always wanted to do that trek by myself i mean it is challenging but not very challenging you have tea houses lot of people are on the trail and it is very well marked so you don't have to do you know very hardcore trekking there so i'm like okay i think i just want to experience it by myself and that's what exactly i did on this trek I went on this trek along with my partner. So two of us we went on this trek and we had planned it for 17 days. We were going as per the schedule. Unfortunately, 7 days into the trek, she got bad AMS. Oh. And then from there we had to come down. We had to almost like I had to we decided that okay, let's just call off this trek because it doesn't make sense, you know, once you're hit by AMS and then again pushing up to 17,000, 18,000 and trekking at that altitude for you know for a long period of time will not be good then right so now that you've been mentioning ams sir, could you tell me more what exactly ams is i'll explain in very layman terms like what ams is um see when we trek and when we push into the high altitude zone which is defined anything above 8 to 9000 feet we enter the high altitude zone Mm-hmm. nothing much changes except the pressure so air pressure it decreases with that comes a lot of changes in the atmosphere so in each breath that we are taking we are getting lesser molecules of oxygen okay oxygen still remains the same the percentage still remains the same it's just that in each breath we are getting lesser amount of oxygen now what happens anything above 9000 feet any human being irrespective of age uh, what gender we have nothing we take time to acclimatize mm-hmm. we take our body takes time to adapt to it so as we keep going higher and higher we always have to first 
adapt to that certain level of altitude if we push very high in very short span of time that's when our body starts to show some symptoms that i am not okay at this altitude so body shows mm-hmm. some symptoms like headache uh, nausea vomiting lack of sleep lack of appetite and if it is not treated it can even go to some very fatal things like pulmonary edema cerebral edema as well that can be very fatal dangerous one can die also if not treated so we don't push so if i have to briefly describe it then ams is something when when your body is not acclimatized at a certain altitude which is above 9000 feet we say that uh, you know the person is hit by ams we suspect and we treat it as ams only then so we came all the way down to namche bazar i think it was almost uh, i think 9th or 10th day we were back okay and what altitude is uh, namche bazar at i think namche bazar is at 11000 that is the second campsite of ebc trek okay so ebc ebc 3 passes namche is always the second campsite okay and we went till chukung chukung was at i think 14 and 15 and a half thousand feet we went up till chukung amazing so from there when she got ams we decided okay let's go back and we came all the way down and we took almost 3 4 days to come um, you know timely because we needed time to recover and you know get better also and then we came down then you know there was very hard feeling of coming all the way till that point spending so much of money as well yeah you know like a lot of questions are coming like when will we be coming back when will we be doing this again and what to do now and all but i think um, she was very supportive and she said that okay i am feeling okay now why don't you go and do the trick by yourself mm-hmm. and honestly that conversation lasted for more than an hour and a half and it was a very tough decision to make because you know you have come together and you had planned it to do it together but now one of one of us is going down and you know that feeling is not very great right it happens to trekkers also on trek when they come their family friends and what not sometimes they all go back sometimes they part ways and be like okay i'll finish this and you go down so i was in a situation like that but with a very heavy heart and lot of support from her she pushed me that okay you go on the trek and i left from there and i left with a very heavy heart and i know physically i had acclimatized by then physically i felt that i can do it also i think emotionally i felt i felt down yeah i walked out from that particular camp with a heavy heart and first night when i reached the next campsite oh i had those tears in my eyes i'm like my god i i didn't want to do it alone and i'm here and i'm feeling so lonely right now i that night i couldn't sleep in my own room also i slept in the hall with with the staff members of the tea house mm-hmm. i'm like i can't sleep in the room also so first night was terrible when i trekked there but from there i just wanted to you know enjoy the trek by myself then i like okay let's just go for it let's see what these next couple of days has to offer me and from there i started my trek and anant i must say this thing whatever happened after that is all beautiful memories i can't tell you what i experienced i pushed campsites i was doing it much faster i speed hiked even the plans that i was making i think many team members many trekkers many foreigners whom i met on the trek they like this is way beyond way beyond uh, you know you're like too you're too ambitious with what you are planning to do right now <laughs> they like they don't is, know your background yeah they didn't know yeah i didn't tell them yeah exactly yeah. 
they don't yeah. know that you've been doing this for you know x amount of years and yeah. you know you've been you've been living in high altitude zones for so many years now yeah. so your body is totally conditioned to that yeah 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 of course not many of them they knew it so so i also like okay let me just see how much i can push so it was not like blind thing that you know let's just make it a do or die situation mm-hmm. i was like no this shouldn't be sensible if at any point of time you think you're not uh, in a state to cross the pass or go that distance there is always an option to turn around so i kept one thing in mind safety is first and then let's just push right and from there when i went oh my god i pushed campsites i skipped campsites and then i did namche to namche crossing all three passes going to ebc going to gokuri as well i had finished that entire trek in 5 days then i think i trekked more than 120 130 kilometers and i crossed passes all above 17000 feet touching up to 18000 feet and covering distances you know as much as 30 kilometers on some of the days as well and i finished that entire trek in 5 days insane and all the things that i experienced i think they were just beautiful not like i did it very comfortably and easily i did push my limits also and along with this trek as well i was running on trek also <laughs> that i know for sure so this what 120 kilometers over a span of 5 days you said yes so exactly you were running dude if i had to do it i would have taken 25 days per <laughs> no 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 you will be able to do it in much lesser days 21 days is what mostly people take see exactly i was close no so, so when i said i was running i was doing this trek but i was running separately i didn't make it a part of it i was running i would wake up at 5 o'clock i would run 5 kilometers around the campsite and then go on the trek after that Oh even on this trek yeah even on this trek as well dude hats off man <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was the highlight for me i'm like okay dushan you're pushing yourself just don't die on this trek <laughs> yeah amazing the pictures that you posted on instagram you know i was just spellbound everyone were you know just just amazing the night pictures i think there was a full moon picture also you know oh oh my god yeah anand i think that was one in a billion day i don't think i will ever experience something like that amazing just to tell you quickly i was at gokuri i didn't plan anything i'm like okay if my health stays okay and if weather stays fine let's just go for sunset i love going for sunset so i'm like okay let's plan so i reached in good time at gokuri after crossing chola pass okay so 2 o'clock i reached gokyo Three o'clock, I pushed to Gokuri, which is again at seventeen thousand five six hundred feet. I climbed all the way up and saw this amazing sunset from there. Mount Everest in right in front of me. I could see Makalu. I could see I think Makalu or Manaslu, one of them, and then Choyu, and then many other seven thousanders right in front of me. What beautiful sunset! And then I just knew it that today is going to be a full moon night. Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, Dushan, why not just stay here? wait for moonrise wait for moonrise yeah why not all the team members or trekkers those who were there they started descending down they're like ah oh, we saw a beautiful sun sunset and one of them one foreigner was there he's like we are the luckiest bastards in this world i'm like <laughs> okay he's too excited i'm like why don't you want to stay for some more time and enjoy the moon moonrise also he's like no no i'm done i'm like okay if you don't want to i stayed back alone I'm like i want to see i don't know when will i come here again and while i was there some three four italians they were coming up they were just coming up to touch gokuri because it took them a long time to reach there so they missed the sunset mm-hmm. but they like okay we want to still touch the gokuri mm-hmm. so when they reached there i told them okay you know full moon is going to rise let's just be here so they clicking photographs and what not yeah after 15 minutes the moon came out okay and i'm looking at moon and what the setting is 
राइट इन फ्रंट आई हैव माउंट एवरेस्ट लोथसे नुपसे एंड ऑन द लेफ्ट हैंड साइड ऑफ माउंट एवरेस्ट दिस मून इज राइजिंग आई एम लाइक वाह अमेजिंग एंड द मोमेंट द एंटायर मून केम आउट आई एम लाइक हे वेट मून इज लुकिंग क्वाइट डिफरेंट राइट नाउ व्हाट इज द सीन इज इज इट डिफरेंट व्हेन आई व्हेन यू आर एट दैट ऑल्टिट्यूड और इज इट क्लाउडी और व्हाट देन वन ऑफ द इटालियन हु वाज स्टैंडिंग देयर ही सेड नो देयर इज अ लूनर इक्लिप्स आई एम लाइक व्हाट द hell full moon with a lunar eclipse on it with mount everest and lotse right there i'm like what is the luck today i didn't expect such a brilliant moon rise from that spot and when the moon came out i think i was just i was just in some other world and in 40 minutes i think the the lunar eclipse went away and it became a full moon again oh, wow i think that was the most beautiful sunset and moon rise at the same time for me spellbound absolutely <laughs> and all this i experienced in just 5 days <laughs> amazing man i envy you <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah maybe for this reason yeah <laughs> dushant i know you love running and you also mentioned that you run every morning in the everest three passes trek that you did hmm. in fact i started following you on instagram for your running posts your 5am running posts yeah <laughs> yeah could you tell us how important is running in your life yeah of course i remember see i started enjoying running when i joined india hikes i remember before joining here at india hikes i always disliked running to be honest but when lockdown happened i think that's when i picked up running more seriously and that's when 5am club also started mm-hmm. and it 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 started because <laughs> at that time you know like to go out was not allowed right you know when the lockdown happened right and i i, I was running at my own terrace in bangalore i was in bangalore at that time and my back would start hurting because it was a small small terrace and you know i would be running in circles it was painful yeah so i was like okay dushant you got to do something so then what i thought that i will wake up very early in the morning at 4:30 mm-hmm. 5 o'clock i'll push out of home finish my run in 25 minutes and then come back home secretly that's how that 5 am thing just started okay mm-hmm. and i started liking it so much because i think slowly slowly i got into a routine a habit it became a thing for me it became so consistent that like okay i think when the the government lifted the lockdown i'm like okay why not just continue with this 5 am running club mm-hmm. and just go with it because it was beautiful my routine was beautiful i was sleeping in time i was waking up early and i had the entire day to myself as well i was feeling very great also from there it was more about running in the beginning it was more about the routine but i think with time it became a lot more than that i was learning and exploring more about myself i think it became a way to meet my own self while going through that journey you know what is the importance of being consistent what is the importance of being persistent with something what is dedication what all that mean i could experience through running and it got more and more difficult because i was in bangalore then mm-hmm. after that when lockdown uplifted i came to the mountains and in mountains it was more difficult you yeah. know we started going on treks and sometimes weather would be very extreme winter season monsoon season spring season then handling trekkers sometimes i would go for the summit climb summit climbs are very long you know mm-hmm. 10 12 hours long day and you're all exhausted but if you have dedicated yourself to do something you know you can't be like okay i can't show up 
there are days when you're emotionally physically feeling low and you're like no not today you break your mental barrier and you show up that day also so i think that consistency started teaching me these lessons and it gave me a mindset of never giving up there were many lessons which i learned through that so i think over these many years of running consistently mm-hmm. right now i'm at my 6 uh, 620th day i think of running consistently insane yeah i think before that also i had touched 400 days and then for 10 days i i got covid so i didn't move anywhere in that and i gave up i'm like okay no and it gave me lessons to share with people around me as well and i would advise people i would tell people that you know why don't you take a journey like this if you don't want to take running that's okay but take a journey which you can take consistently there are so many lessons hidden in it and the more you push the further you go in it the more you will know about yourself more you will know about outside world as well it's a journey inside and outside so i think in the last one year i haven't pushed myself too much but i have been consistent with my running i haven't missed a single day so i think that has been the highlight and i think i would like to again pick up my pace and you know pace as in i want to do more things and explore more now so i think this this is how this journey has been you know a very great part of my life now it has certainly become a lot more than just running now amazing very inspiring thank you also have you or a team member faced any health situation on the mountain slopes and uh, if so how did you handle that very recently i think let's call buran ghati wala evacuation mm-hmm. and um, very as recent as october this year i was leading a group on buran ghati uh-huh. and for some xyz reason two groups were trekking together okay as in we, are, we had two teams but we were going simultaneously okay and um, this was only after crossing the pass so buran ghati is a very high altitude trek it crosses at 15000 feet uh-huh. and uh, once you cross the pass on the other side which is the kinnor side mm-hmm. you have this very steep crazy a uh, dangerous wall that you have to cross you have to traverse that wall mm-hmm. and then once you get down you have this very big boulder section that you have to cross and you have to further descend down to the last campsite of the trek okay and the next day after that you finish your trek i mean you descend further down and you descend okay so we were descending down from buran ghati and uh, one trekker from the other group mm-hmm. he lost his balance because his spikes micro spikes got stuck uh-huh. and then he lost his balance and then he fell Oh and he fell and he couldn't protect himself and he, he was aged okay he was 62 height mm-hmm. and his age was somewhere i think around 58 or 60 and okay. you know like good heighted well aged also and pretty heavy mm-hmm. also he fell uh-huh and by the time i i saw it from distance i saw it from pass or oh, some somebody fell somebody and he's fallen on ice huh he's no it, it wasn't ice but then okay. they had crossed a dangerous section thank god okay okay he fell on a very regular trail only but okay. what happened when he fell no he twisted his both the ankles oh and my god i must tell you by the time we reached there his ankle both the ankles were blue and swollen oh man they were not in good good state okay just to tell you when he got it checked after coming down there were multiple ligament tear and oh. one fracture in one of the sides also so he got multiple serious injuries and that and he was aged also very tall and heavy as well now we are stuck okay now this uncle because both the legs are injured and he's heavy 
he's not able to cross the boulder section it's not easy to cross boulders oh yes because constantly yeah you have to jump you have to twist you have to turn and what not going by the way you're narrating i really uh, have a doubt how would he be able to stand yeah he was not he needed two people on both the sides to give him you know weight and support yeah he was not i'm not joking i uh, know anant you have crossed kgl so you will know how boulder section feels you there is one boulder section right oh yes i remember that section yeah imagine like crossing a section something similar to that with both both the ankles with multiple injuries and at that age and with that weight is not easy to cover just 100 meters he took more than an hour and a half oh man and that was a kind of a section where we also couldn't do much you know we can't put him on a stretcher we can't carry him on our shoulders because it's a very uneven section it's not easy we have to get him through that one particular small section to get to him point where you know we can do something and in the meantime we have to arrange for a stretcher also right so you know we had walkie talkies we have team members with us thank god we had good strength of team members with us mm-hmm. we walkie talkied you know we had already crossed the pass so we asked team members from the other side of the pass mm-hmm. to give the stretcher on this side so okay. somebody got stretcher from the other side of the pass crossed 15000 feet descended down we had the rope with us after we reached a point where we could do things mm-hmm. you know first initial i think half kilometer or more than half a kilometer we carried him on our shoulders oh and imagine like i am not 6 i am not even i am 5 10 okay and to carry a person who's 62 on my own shoulders you know at stretches we took turns i took turns with my another team member mm-hmm. we took turns he was heavy my god i felt it to each and every inch of my body that how heavy he was yeah. how heavily i was breathing carrying him yeah. but we got him to a point where we could put him on a stretcher we put him thank god we had sleeping bags with us so we put him in the sleeping bag we had a ropes with us we tied him on the stretcher tightly we you know, like made very nice stretcher mm-hmm. he was so nicely tucked inside i'm not joking by the time he was in by the time we prepared him to carry on our shoulders he was snoring Oh, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was snoring. I think he had the best descent of his life. Yeah. But <laughs> when we started descending down, I think initial 5-10 minutes were okay. Mm-hmm. We were in josh, you know, like we, we were full filled with adrenaline rush. We were mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to do something crazy today. Mm-hmm. After 10 minutes, we knew what we were into. It wasn't easy. Yeah. From almost 14 and a half thousand feet, we had to get him down to 9000 i think 9 and a half something around that it wasn't easy oh, and we had only four team members carrying stretcher when you are carrying a stretcher you at least need six so that you can take turns and give rest to your back right we were exhausted our eyes were red every time we would take a break we would not sit we would put the, we would put sir down on the ground and we would mm-hmm. lie down looking at the sky and be like sharir se pran nikal gaye types oh ho yeah and you know our breaks became longer and longer as we reached closer to the campsite every 100 meters we would keep the stretcher down every 100 it was just not getting to our shoulders it was tough we know how we got him back to the campsite eventually i think last 1 kilometer some team members came back from the campsite they helped us to get him down it wasn't easy oh my god and the next day also because his health was not his feet was still swollen so we had to again bring him all the way down to you know the nearest motorable road wow it was one of the most difficult evacuations of my life hats off to you man big big applause to do this and you know to save someone's life oh yeah 
Absolutely. And I think, yeah, because I'm always working, we are always working in the outdoors. There are situations when you are stuck in a, in a place like that, you have to do things. Not every time weather is great. Not every time you have full yeah. team members. Not every time you have everything, you know, in your favor. And you have to beat the odds. Right. Sometimes you have to evac- evacuate at 12 in the night. Sometimes you have to do it at 2 in the night. Sometimes you have to do it in heavy snowfall. But when it comes to saving somebody's life, you have to push your limits. You have to make sure, yeah, not like putting yourself at risk, but you have to push your limits, your physical and mental barriers. You have to break it, you know, to what extent to make sure that you do it. And I think in these eight years, I've been a part of, I've been a part of evacuations, I think more than, more than 20 times, I think. That was a, a superb experience to listen to, but um, I mean, not so pleasant one for the gentleman who fell. But yeah, uh, yeah at least yeah. he got support and, you know, he could reach a hospital yeah. or a, a medical unit, you know, in time. Yeah, absolutely. What advice would you have for trekkers from exploring hills in their own town or to get into something like what you are doing? Hmm. I think, yes, I will give very basic advice to anybody who's who wants to come and experience outdoors. I think first thing is to prepare. Always come prepared physically. I see a lot of people don't prepare physically. They just come. See, we can't challenge mountains. Nobody can. We can only challenge ourselves. So always come prepared physically. Always know what you're getting into. So prepare for that as well. Whatever sport, if it is trekking, prepare for trekking. Know more what you have to prepare for exactly. So first is preparation. Uh, Second is because we are coming to the outdoors to experience nature at its best. I think be very, very responsible for your own safety and for the safety of the nature as well. The little we can do is to trek responsibly, right. is to not harm the nature, to not trash the place, right. do not generate the waste in the first place. Yeah. So whenever you're trekking, make sure that you you prepare in a way that you're not generating waste. Don't travel at the cost of harming nature. Correct. <laughs> right? There are ways available in all the cities now. You can travel very sustainably, pack your fruits, pack your dry ration in open, take your dabbas, yeah. carry a water bottle with you. You know, all these small, small steps. Please take that, you know. 100%. Yeah, don't be a burden where you are going. Be responsible and be, you know, like, you know, spread that thing to people and do it safely as well. So just know, if you're going with a group, just know that you're in safe hands. Like, if anybody is coming with India Hikes, I know that we are taking care of their safety and we make sure that they know that they are they feel safe. So if you're going with an organization, just know that, you know, what are the safety standards. And if you're doing it by yourself, know the basics of being in the outdoors. Know the basic first aid. Know about AMS if you're working, if you're trekking in the high altitudes. Mm -hmm. So I think if you are well versed with this much, I think you're good. So prepare physically, prepare for what sports you're getting into. Second is be responsible and trek sustainably. And third is that you take care of your own safety as well. So just know those basics. So these three advices, I think I would like to give it to anybody who wants to start trekking. Amazing, amazing. I don't think uh, a genuine advice can get any better, you know, for for everyone who wants to explore the outdoors or, you know, or maybe just uh, explore hills in the background. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, Dushyant. 
that was the most amazing experience i had doing a podcast thank you and uh, especially since i love the outdoors and you know i've been such a genuine fan of you on instagram and you know though we had this conversation for the first time i think this was a very good one thank you thank you anant i think i would like to thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk about and share my experience and i think it was a good reminder for me as well and you know just going through what i've learned so i think i can now share with anybody whom i'm going to talk to after this as well so thank you for this you just heard a day in your life an offspin original created and produced by anant krishnan this show is live and available on spotify apple podcasts audible amazon music savan gana wink and every other place we thought hosted podcasts give the offspin team a like maybe a subscribe on their instagram page and be in touch we love hearing from you keep listening to content from offspin media friends and keep glistening The opinions expressed in this show are personal to the guests and the host and do not necessarily represent the opinions of the producer or the platform. This show does not intend to defame and denigrate any individual or organization in India or outside. The show is created for entertainment purposes only. It does not encourage smoking, drinking or any kind of substance use. It may contain the use of harsh language that may be considered offensive, rude or profane by the listeners. It may also contain incidents that mention or describe mental health issues, casteism, suicide and violence. Listeners are advised to use their discretion.